Hey everyone, so I know I just released an episode, what was it, yesterday, the day before yesterday, that one about the David Silverman scandal, but then this story came along and I couldn't resist. I don't know if it necessarily falls in the usual wheelhouse of the show, well it has to do with uh, a cult, so I guess in a way it kind of does, and I think I first happened upon the story, well, going over the BuzzFeed article about the David Silverman scandal again. And a quick word on that, I let everyone know via Twitter and the Weekend Out Facebook page that I kind of goofed the floof to quote uh, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> I, I learned that term from, uh, I think, uh, was it the Deep Fat Fried podcast in episode on uh, Scientology and L. Ron Hubbard. He may have been an absurd, drug-addled man who founded an absurd quote-unquote religion, but the old Commodore... <laughs> Could could be amusing at times, I guess. But anyway, what the hell am I trying to say? Uh, this is obviously unscripted. Yeah, but regarding the uh, the David Silverman episode, episode 284, I have a bad habit of not doing a final check sometimes. Uh, I get so eager to get certain episodes out in a rush, you know, especially since I work full time. And then also if I think an episode is timely and I want to get it out while people will probably still be interested in it. I may sometimes give in to temptation and uh, not double check that all my I's are dotted and T's are crossed before I launch the thing out into the interwebs. But uh, it's funny though, sometimes I, I really am thorough, but mistakes just still get by me. This is how the sausage is made, kind of. Uh, more often than not, episodes seem to be unscripted lately. And so what I'll do is, after I'm done recording the show, I'll go through in GarageBand, give everything a listen back, maybe edit out some flubs or try to bring the ums and ahs down to a minimum and uh, cut out any areas where there's excessive uh, dead air or anything. And then if everything seems all right, I convert the uh, project to an MP3 put it up on Podbean. From there, it goes out to uh, to iTunes and Stitcher, etc. Well, I was listening back, and I realized that I, I mispronounced one word. Instead of saying trepidation, I said trepidition. And being the neurotic son of a bitch that I am, um, it's weird. In most areas of my life, I don't think anyone would necessarily describe me as a perfectionist. But when it comes to the show, I, you know, it's something I really care about. And I want to try to produce, at least within my capacity, a quality product. And I hate calling it a product because that makes it sound like it's, I don't know, that seems too cold. Because um, this podcast is one of my major passions in life. And what you hear are my sincere thoughts and opinions. Uh, so I don't like referring to this kind of labor of love as simply a product. But you know what I'm saying. I like to make sure everything's somewhat polished and professional before it goes out there, you know. And some of it, frankly, is probably just vanity or insecurity, too. Uh, if I mispronounce a word, I don't want the whole internet thinking I'm a dumbass. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'll go in and re-record something if I uh, suffer some kind of brain glitch or slip of the tongue. And so I went in, re-recorded the word, 
just one little word switch trepidation the trepidation and without realizing it i somehow nudged because that was about a 40 minute episode i nudged some of the uh portions of the audio way down the line and i accidentally ended up creating this big chunk of dead air near the end of the episode and also uh just i think a little bit of the audio got cut out or scrambled so i went back in was able to salvage those damaged or missing parts Stitched everything back together, you know, everything where it needed to be, and re-upped the episode to Podbean. And uh, I, I think it was just a lesson, you know, I was so eager to get the episode out that I know better than this. I should always do one last kind of pre-flight check, you know, even though I, I listen back and edit along the way. When it's all done, I should take a step back, you know, take a deep breath. And just listen back to the whole recording in its entirety before I just send it out there online. So, uh, lesson learned. So, it's a little frustrating, but hey, at least I care, right? So, yeah, while I was taking another look at that David Silverman BuzzFeed article, I saw down in the suggested article column on the right hand of the screen a picture of Allison Mack from that old show Smallville. And then something about her being arrested for for being involved in some kind of sex cult. And I'm like, what? And if it was some actress I wasn't aware of, I, I probably would have just said, oh, that's kind of a sordid, depressing story, whatever, you know. But Smallville used to be one of my guilty pleasures. And so I'm not a millennial. I'm, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, you know. So when Smallville was out, I was already probably in my, like, late 20s or something. And uh, I remember I did used to feel self-conscious about being a grown-ass man watching this show that was probably predominantly geared towards a younger audience. But I, I love uh, fantasy and sci-fi, uh, superhero stuff, all that kind of stuff. And even stuff that's not great, I'll still sometimes watch, you know, kind of that analogy that even bad pizza is still pizza or whatever. And I would say, like, Smallville could be kind of corny or whatever at times, but I still enjoyed watching it. And um, Allison Mack, and kind of ironically, Allison Mack used to play this really kind of wholesome character on the show. She played this kind of nerdy journalism student who is friends with uh Clark Kent. There's a few different characters with similar names that can get that can, you know, easily be confused. I think uh I think she played Chloe Lane, the cousin of Lois Lane, I think. And then there was another character named Lana Lang, not Lane, but Lang, I think, who was Clark Kent's uh early girlfriend. And I think she was played by I don't know how to pronounce the girl's name. Is it Kristen Kruick or something, or Kruick. I don't know how to pronounce it. But yeah, she's a good-looking girl. She almost looked like a cute little Monchichi or something. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, good-looking girl. And I was when I was researching the story a little bit, I actually read that she was involved with the same organization. But maybe she bailed before things got bad. I don't know. And I'm well aware that actors or actresses aren't the characters they play in real life. But still, you know, you identify the actress with uh, the character, you know. Um, and 
finding out that Chloe Lane was involved in human trafficking in some kind of secret sex cult is like finding out that Mary Poppins was running some kind of BDSM den or something, you know? It's just really weird, and somehow it makes the story seem that much more twisted or lurid. But I'm using a screen capture tool here. So here's Allison Mack right here. I wonder if I can open another tab. And I have no idea why my internet's so slow. I'll do a search for Allison Mack. Chloe Lane. So here's a bunch of screenshots. And you might be able to see partly why I liked Smallville or kept watching. <laughs> there, I feel like a pig saying this, but as a as a guy, there was uh, a decent amount of eye candy. So here's a picture of uh, Allison Mack. You can probably see why I picked that one. Here's a picture of uh, Allison Mack and the actress who played um, Lois Lane. Eye candy, once again. Uh, here's a picture of the main cast, I guess. And man, is my internet bad. I don't know if this picture is supposed to look this pixelated. This must have been near the end of the the run of the series because there's uh, the dude who played Aquaman, the dude who played Oliver Queen or the Green Arrow. Yeah, but she played this really wholesome, nicey-nice type of character. Oh, and there's the actress who played Supergirl. And uh, why don't I just go all out and get super nerdy? Uh... I still haven't watched the new Supergirl TV series. Just for some reason, I don't know why, uh, the actress who plays Supergirl, just the look, I didn't th for some reason I look at her, I don't it, she doesn't seem like the right fit for Supergirl. I don't know why. Um and I can't believe I'm forgetting this actress's name who played Supergirl on Smallville, but uh I I thought she was great for the part. And uh, it's just a matter of preference. I don't think there's anything wrong looking in general with the actress who plays Supergirl on the newer show. She seems like a perfectly fine, you know, relatively attractive actress. Um, but for some reason, I don't know, just not Supergirl like I see her in my head or whatever. But anyway, and here's Allison Mack again, all nice and smiley. So uh, this involves some weird quote-unquote cult. I'll put cult in quotes because uh, I guess this is an organization that's been around for just about 20 years now, I think since 98. And it was kind of looked at as this self-help slash entrepreneurial, motivational type of organization. Um, and there were at least a few big-name people who sought out the services of this organization and who became members or, or whatever. Um, and the name looks like a mess of Roman numerals, but I believe it's supposed to be pronounced Nexium or something like that. And I think there were whispers that there was something off about this organization for a while, people suspecting that it might be behind the scenes, this kind of cult-like operation. But I'll, I'll read a bit from this story. So, uh, yeah, and this is just from yesterday. Smallville star Allison Mack was arrested for her alleged involvement in a secret sex trafficking cult. The 35-year-old actor could face a lifetime sentence in prison if convicted. Before I forget, when I was reading up on this organization, it reminded me of something I said in that David Silverman episode. Um, I had been talking about the allegations made by one alleged victim, 
of this girl who her side of the story was that she wanted to make a career for herself in the quote-unquote atheist community or movement or whatever. And she really wanted to be a part of American atheists. And she felt like Silverman had kind of used his power to offer her a, a career opportunity or whatever as leverage to get sex from her or whatever. That was her side of the story. And I remember saying that your dignity, your self-respect, your personal autonomy, your right to say no should come way before your desire to want to be a part of any organization, especially an atheist organization, which you would associate with critical thought, reason, with a kind of aversion to groupthink, you know, independent thinking, etc. And uh, this story reminded me of the importance of that, too, how people get sucked into the weirdest things. Because it's got to go into talking about how the women who were indoctrinated into this cult or whatever would actually get the initials of the cult leader cauterized or whatever, burnt into their flesh in their pubic area. I'm just like, man, groupthink, man. Always be aware of groupthink. Always try to maintain your own autonomy. But I'll uh, continue with the story. Allison Mack, best known for her role in the TV hit series Smallville, was arrested on Friday and charged for her alleged involvement in a secret sex trafficking cult led by Keith Rainier, I think it is, who was also arrested in March. Mack and Rainier were both charged with sex trafficking, sex trafficking conspiracy, and forced labor conspiracy. The two face a minimum sentence of 15 years imprisonment and could potentially receive a lifetime imprisonment sentence if convicted. She pleaded not guilty when she was arraigned on Friday afternoon before United States Magistrate Judge Cheryl Pollock. Mack was ordered to be detained and there will be another bail hearing on Monday in Brooklyn Federal Court. Okay, so it says there's currently no set date for Keith Renier's arraignment. As alleged in the indictment, Allison Mack recruited women to join what was purported to be a female mentorship group that was, in fact, created and led by Keith Rainier, United States Attorney Richard Donahue said in a press release. The victims were then exploited both sexually and for their labor to the defendant's benefit. This office and our law enforcement partners are committed to prosecuting predators who victimize others through sex trafficking and forced labor. And so here's a picture down here of some of the, uh, I guess, of one or two of the brandings. I don't know if those are both uh, variations of the same image or what. A representative from Mac told BuzzFeed News, At this time, I have no comment regarding the arrest of Allison Mack. Renier allegedly created a master-slave cult behind the facade of a self-help organization called Nixium. Authorities allege he manipulated women into master-slave sexual relationships and forced them to follow strict diets and respond to his call whenever they were summoned. The women were also forced to endure 20 to 30 minute branding ceremonies where Renier's initials were burned into the pubic region with a cauterizing pen, authorities said. So this is so, so crazy. And it pisses me off in two ways. On the one hand, I'm obviously mad at the perpetrators, this cult leader and his assistant, Allison Mack here, for preying on other people, for exploiting other human beings. 
And I can't even imagine the ego that someone has to have to require that someone else gets their initials burnt into their flesh. And obviously, this uh, I'd say there's definitely a significance of the pubic region. You know, this is, um, it's almost like he's trying to say he owns these women as a kind of sexual chattel. Uh, and then on the other hand, I also find myself kind of wanting to go back in time and shake these women and be like, no, what the hell are you doing? You know what? <laughs> Wake the fuck up. You know, I mean, you're going to let this guy manipulate you and treat you like a slave and brand you like a cow, you know? But continues, Mac and Rainier's arrest follow a November investigation published by the New York Times that revealed details about Nexium and the secret group within it called DOS, which is also known as Lord Master of the Obedient Female Companions. Which sounds like, I don't know what, like something from Game of Thrones or something. The reported ongoings of this sex cult were described by ex-members who said women are extorted into having sex with Rainier and are also branded with his initials on their hips. When Rainier was arrested, some news outlets reported that Mac was briefly seen in a video of Rainier being taken by authorities outside Puerto Vallarta. Is that how you say that? Mexico. There are also a series of YouTube videos from 2017 hosted by a channel titled Keith Rainier Conversations, where Mac interviews Rainier. Wow. I am definitely going to watch that. Should I? Dare I? Dare I, people? Okay, so here's one called uh, Authentic Human. <laughs> see what this is all about. I mean, it kind of leads me to my next question, which has to do with authenticity. Because mm -hmm. then it seems more like... The creativity comes from a place of just originality or authentic, like soulfulness, mm -hmm. if you're looking at it in the positive mm -hmm. light. You know, authenticity and creativity are an interesting match. We don't like to think of ourselves as, as robots. Mm -hmm. And if you are coming off as robotic, most people say that's somehow inauthentic. There has to be an inauthenticity to that. Mm -hmm. Because we're not robots. So what does it mean to be authentic? When someone's authentic, you feel them. You have this, this feeling of a soul there. Right. Not a ro robot, not some pre-programmed, um, contrived face or something along those lines. It just seems to come naturally from their experience of existing on this planet. From the Yeah, I've heard enough of that. So this guy's talking about authenticity, you know, having an individual self, when apparently he was trying to break these women down and use them as sex slaves and to perform menial chores without pay for them. It's another thing I read uh, somewhere that supposedly Allison Mack would force the women to take care of these menial chores that she got paid for, but the women never did. Uh, what a piece of shit, man. And that's an interesting little clip. It's almost like he's trying to come off like they're both trying to come off like he's super deep. He's really saying something. What the hell is he saying that uh, it's I don't know. It's better to have a personality than be a robot. Oh, thanks, chief. Um, let's see. 
Okay, Mac was allegedly Rainier's second-in-command. According to court documents, Mac made her slaves have sex and engage in sexual activity with Rainier and threatened them by saying she would release the damaging collateral that they were required to submit in order to join Nexium. As a result, Mac allegedly benefited financially or received another form of value from Rainier. That's kind of oddly worded. Another form of value from Rainier. Um, yeah, that mention of the collateral. I was reading elsewhere that you know, these women who wanted to join, they would require from them that they give, like, compromising photographs or something that could be used against the women if they, I guess, ever turned on the organization or something. And right there, that should set off giant alarm bells in your head. If an organization you're trying to join is requiring you to hand over compromising information um, up to including, you know, candid photographs or something, uh, maybe take a step back and think long and hard if, if it's a good idea to join that organization, you know? Court documents also say that Mac and Rennier threatened members of the cult with serious harm if they did not perform labor services, in quotes. As this pyramid scheme continues to unravel, we ask anyone who might have been a victim to reach out to us with information that may further our investigation, FBI Assistant Director in Charge William F. Sweeney Jr. said in a press release. Mac played the role of Chloe Sullivan on the CD at a, uh, no shit, um, Smallville from 2001 to 2011. Let's see, here's a Wikipedia entry on Nexium. Uh, is a multi-level marketing organization that offers personal and professional development seminars based in Albany County, New York. It was founded in 1998 by Keith Renier. News reports and former members have described Nexium as a cult. In 2017, the New York Times reported that a secret sisterhood within Nexium referred to female members as quote-unquote slaves, branded them with Rainier's initials and required them to provide nude photos or other potentially damaging information about themselves if they wished to join. He then says, according to prosecutors, after she recruited women to join the organization, she used tactics such as blackmail to force them into engaging in sexual activity with Rainier against their wishes and enslaved them to do menial tasks for which Rainier allegedly paid Mac. Mac is said to be the second-in-command after Rainier. Many women claim to have undergone forced branding with a surgical instrument to carve Rainier's initials into their flesh. Yeah, so it says, uh, history. The Nixium training system is administered through Executive Success Programs, or Executive Success Programs, Inc. The training uses a technique called, quote-unquote, rational inquiry, uh, for some reason, the first thing that comes to mind is Scientology with the, uh, you know, the auditing. Um, notable clients, Richard Branson, Jesus Christ. He's the uh, the owner, the guy behind Virgin, right? Yeah, so Richard Charles Nicholas Branson. Linda Evans, Allison Mack, Kristen Kroak, or I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah, there she is. There's the girl from uh, Smallville that I used to have kind of like a crush on. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Actually, I think I kind of dug... Uh, the actress played Lois Lane maybe even a little more. I'm trying not to sound like a pig. I'm doing a story about how this other guy's a pig. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. But it, it doesn't make you a pig to be uh, sexual, admit you're sexually attracted to someone. You find them easy on the eyes, right? Okay. So, anyway, um, stop judging me. 
According to Forbes magazine, 3,700 had taken part in its executive success program as of 2003, including Sheila Johnson, co-founder of BET, Antonia Novello, who the hell is she? Puerto Rican physician and public health administrator, or administrator rather, Surgeon General, uh, for, oh, she's a former Surgeon General of the United States, Stephen Cooper of Enron, Anna Christina Fox, daughter of former Mexican President Vicente Fox, Emiliano Salinas, son of former Mexican President Carlos Salinas, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. On this cat was a, uh, a director in Mexico for the organization. And there's a section regarding criticism here. And uh, I guess this comes from uh, coverage by Forbes. Nixium came at a time when the demand by executives was at a high, with some coaches charging 25000 a day. Wow. That'll help with the mortgage payments. John Hockman, a forensic psychiatrist at UCLA, described Nixium as a kingdom of sorts. Uh, let's see. Former student described becoming physically exhausted after going through 17-hour days of workshops and needing to check herself into a hospital. A 2006 article was released about the Brofman sisters, whoever they are, stating that they had taken out a line of credit to loan Nixium $2 million, repayable through personal training sessions from co-founder Nancy Salzman and for Salzman being available to take calls from Claire. 2010 follow-up article in Forbes discussed commodities and real estate deals made pursuant to Rainier's advice that went awry. In reference to Edgar Bronfman's relationship to his daughters, his advisor released a statement saying that there had been no change in the excellent relationship between Edgar and Bronfman and his daughters Claire and Sarah. Okay, so it looks like this guy Rick Allen Ross, an American deprogrammer, cult specialist, and founder and executive director of the nonprofit Cult Education Institute. He tried to uh, out this group and I think post information about them. And I think Nexium tried to sue alleging copyright infringement um, because of the publishing of excerpts of content from its manual. So weird though. Like, why? Uh, you, you never know. I mean, no matter how seemingly successful or popular or wealthy someone is, you never know what kind of damage circuitry they have or, you know, uh, what kind of um, insecurities or issues they might have. Because uh, I'm, I'm wondering myself, I'm like, Alison Mack, I, I mean, I, I don't know what became of her career after Smallville, but she was on a long-running successful TV show. Um, so she must have had some opportunities you know, after that. Um, I mean, how and why did she get involved with this cult? Uh, I guess to some degree that's moot in a sense because she seems to be just as guilty as Rainier himself. I mean, she got her hands pretty dirty on his behalf, um, wrangling women into the organization for him, um, pressuring them to perform sex acts on the cult leader, uh, taking money for menial work that the girls were forced to do. So yeah, I think she's just as dirty as he is. You, you might be able to argue that, oh, poor Allison, maybe, you know, you might try to say she got indoctrinated along the way. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't know how willing she was. Um, maybe she was indoctrinated or maybe she's just a shit person too who uh, 
enjoyed working with Rainier and manipulating these women. But just a really strange, surreal, and lurid story that I didn't expect to uh, see in the news um, yesterday. But all right, I, I think I'll call it quits. Time to edit this thing, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to remember to do a pre-flight check this time. All right, everyone, till uh, till the next time. <laughs>